Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday, hot summer day here in the fine city of Chicago. You always have to be careful how you pronounce the city of Chicago. A couple times I did not concentrate fully, did not pronounce it quite right, and uh, got about a one-week suspension there. Oh, that happened a couple of times. But history is the past. It is time to move on. Look to the future. Look to the present. That's what we do here in the sports world. We'll take a sneak peek back at yesterday's Action, of course, sports talk, and more here on the TalkZone.com and our award-winning music. Enjoy. <coughs> Once again, no lack of things to talk about. Busy time in the sports world. We always talk about that year-round. There really is very few, really very few slow times in the world of sports. A lot of people can say right now is a little bit of a slow time, but... As I look down my program notes, yes, uh, against popular demand, I actually take notes for this show. I know it's a shocking, shocking development, but we have everything for the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, NBA Finals, uh, football star getting out of prison, CONCACAF Cup, excuse me, the Gold Cup, CONCACAF Cup, and soccer about to start, college softball World Series, college baseball World Series, a uh, college football team that got stripped of their title, and, of course, we got baseball action going fast and furious. All that and more. Me and the big dog will attempt to uh, get that all done within the next 56 minutes and 35 seconds. I hear clicking. Uh, the other end of the line, that must mean that, once again, my partner, Joe Radwanski, is subject to... Um, some governmental, are they tapping your phones, Big Dog? What's the problem over there? Yeah, you know, uh, Peter Lance already told you about it, Coach, <laughs> that I have been washed. And okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, my phones are tapped, I'm sure. Okay, so now it, anybody talking to you could also be heard by governmental agencies. Yeah, but, I mean, and these people, when they call me, I mean, I'm like, you gotta, you got to keep this stuff down. You can't just mm-hmm. say stuff like that, you know what I mean, because you, you never know. You get, you know, into a... A little risque phone conversation. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, people, next thing you know, they, who knows, coach, what I could be saying on the phone. Well, you're, you're the suspect. You're the one with the shaded past history. I guess my question is, I haven't read all the rules and regulations here. If I say something, or if I reveal something that might be of a suspicious nature, big dog, could they leapfrog you and come after me? That's what I'm concerned about. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, they can't actually use the, the evidence they just all of a sudden they have you know that like that gigantic warehouse of information that <laughs> they go into to find out stuff about you but they uh-huh. technically can't use it against you in court okay you know it's one of those things so they at least okay. know enough about you all right so they'll, they'll put me on the suspicion list and next thing i'll i'll probably be hearing clicking on my home phone yeah i, I would i wouldn't be surprised coach mm-hmm. if you're hearing some clicking all right Actually, yeah. They know you're a good guy, Coach. I don't think they're worried about you. I you're, certainly you're hope so. You're much too confused about simple things to be a really a worry to these people. <laughs> oh, you just hear the clicking, big dog, and keep on ticking, right? Uh, you can pretty much pass it on like that, Coach. No question about it. Hey, by the way, before we get into our uh, subterfuge of sports informational talk, you're the big dog and the coach at your service. By the way, you want to... Uh, 
Sub defers with us. You want to uh, discuss some sports or you want to jump off the sports page, you're always welcome to do that. Our phone number here is 888-463-6748. Big dog, we, were, we joined you late on yesterday's show because of a situational occurrence, but we did not get to ask you how your first tour went as one of Chicago's highly respected kayak tour guides. Oh, yeah, this is it's phenomenal, Coach. <laughs> so I'm working for Water Riders with with one R, waterriders.com. Go down there, and it's beautiful. Well, I take these people out on Friday. It went really well. Uh, you know, I, I did the whole pros at the beginning, the Nelson Algren City on a make. It's, uh, it's basically about how Chicago was uh, founded, mm-hmm. the type of people that founded it, and how those same type of people are still running the city of Chicago. Interesting. Just basically corruption, graft, and hustling people and taking money that you never really earned. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh-huh. So, now, this is this is your first ever giving a tour on your own. Give me a half an hour before, 20 minutes before the nervousness factor in your part from scale of 1 to 10. Uh, it's, uh, it's about a, a 5, and 100% of it is this. What if somebody falls into the river? That's the only nah. concern I have, Coach. Come on. That's the only concern I have. I, you know, here's why. I can kayak fine, so I'm not worried about me kayaking, mm-hmm. okay? And the actual telling of the stories and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's I the part know. I thought you'd be nervous about. I wasn't worried about it at all because I know about uh, 10 hours worth of stories, and they don't know if I left anything out of the actual <laughs> tour part. You know, they're, yeah. they're not going to be like, hey, he forgot to mention that one thing because they don't know that I forgot to mention it. So that's uh-huh. why when people, oh, I'm so worried. What are you afraid about? Uh-huh. Don't have a good time. Smile out. Talk loud, so it was a good time. I got, I got. They all applauded after I did the pros at the beginning of the of the tour. So we all get into the kayak, mm-hmm. and I, you know what I basically tell them: it's appropriate we do this by kayak because the two Indian tribes at the time are Native yes. American tribes. Yeah. So, do you know what they were? The two ones in the city of Chicago, coach. The two what? What Native American tribes? Yeah, that were in the city of Chicago. I believe one of them controlled everything north of Madison. The other one controlled everything south of Madison. I should know this, but I don't. It's uh, it's think think about names of of casinos in the area. That's all you got to think of. The Ho Chunks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, the Potawatomi's. Okay. The Ojibwa. Okay. okay. And then, you know, so I, I, I give, tell all that, like just the basic story, like the type of people that were here uh-huh. when Marquette and Joliet came in 1673. Okay. So I'm a little partial, by the way, to the Ojibwas. I went to a camp Ojibwa for more than a few years. Well, that's cool because, you know, it's a, an Ojibwa word, Chicago, which means wild onion. And the, the Native Americans used to collect them along the riverbank, mm-hmm. the kayak. Yep. So, yep. You know, I do that. Then I tell the whole Nelson Algren thing. Well, that was all. So that was good. You know, everything went well that day. Coach. How, how many people there. on your very first tour? How many? Uh, how many people signed up? There. Well, we we went out with twelve. We came back with eleven. <laughs> Do I dare ask? No, no, I'm just kidding. We had twelve people. <laughs> it was all good. It was all good. Uh, okay, that's not bad. So you had twelve so, people. Uh, mostly two. Were there any native Chicagoans? Or were they all out of staters? There were. There were a couple, and they lived on the river on Roosevelt. Okay, in one of those really that really nice building there on, on the corner, yep. and they brought in a bunch of people from like their friends from like New Mexico and family members from New mm-hmm. Mexico, and none of them were from Chicago. So uh, it, it was pretty cool because the guy that was from Chicago, like I would say something, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's right," and then he would add stuff. It was really it was a good time going out with everybody. Mm-hmm. So that, that ended up being the 
It was a lot of fun. And I was doing it with the guy that I'm competing to be the lead tour guide. Okay. Oh, so there was two of you. Yeah. So oh. leave another. Well, we're always going to go out with at least two people. Oh, you, have to have, you have to have somebody. Like, cause there's, okay. Because everybody goes at a couple different speeds. You got to go to second person. The, like, but that, okay. takes, that takes a little bit of the pressure off. I thought it was you alone. All right. So there's two of you. Yeah. And Very so. Good. And basically, we we alternated who did the actual mm-hmm. speaking, but I had to do the pros. So the next day is in the morning, and I'm going out with Charlie, who is the boss, the owner, mm-hmm. and he's determining who's going to end up getting the lead. You know, I'm for, and I don't know. I just I did it with him, and I thought I did all right. And uh, he's like, "Well, yeah, you, you can do the lead, but you're just going to have to learn the the whole tour a little better." Mm-hmm. But it was the day that it just started pouring and lightning, and we're in the kayak on the Chicago River. Where with that day, with ten other people. Okay, so it's Charlie and me and 10 people who aren't from Chicago who are now in a downpour and it's lightning. <laughs> you might at that point want to get off the river and out of your kayak. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, we go up underneath uh, underneath a bridge and mm-hmm. then Charlie and I told stories about the city of Chicago for about an hour. Yeah. And everybody remained calm. It was all good. And afterwards, he was like, yeah, I was really, I was really happy he didn't freak out or anything stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we checked the radar right before we got into the boats and it was fine it was one of the craziest storms that it was unbelievable coach everything was fine there was no chance of it raining for three hours according to the computer and then like legitimately a half hour we're on the boat uh the, the guy back at the at the base you know walkie talkies us like a huge storm is coming in guys it was just like that coach wow wow do they have to, uh, for five years, that's never happened. <laughs> so. You see, it's it's the Radwanski factor already. <laughs> Things happen when you when you jump on board in a job. It might be good, it might be bad, but I think it's safe to say when the big dog jumps on board, things will happen. Yes, I, I do bring drama to the situation always. It does seem to be the case. Now, do they insha- sign any uh, kind of insurance waivers oh, or anything yeah, like that? signs the waivers. Okay. Everybody signs the waivers. All right, cool. And... Uh, some people are like, oh, I'm afraid of falling in, and then they actually see the stuff floating in the river. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, I'm not out of this water. Yeah, drowning is like the drowning is the second worst fear about falling in the river. The worst is you actually, you know, live and maybe suck some of the stuff down. That's disgusting. Uh, our beautiful Chicago yeah, I River. Just, I just started throwing up. I started thinking <sighs> about some of the stuff I've seen. I've been in the kayak and dry heaped. Some of the stuff I've seen in there. Unbelievable. Already. And you're and you're fairly new on the job. Now, how about the post that, again, we're talking to the big dog, Joel Radwanski. We'll get to some sports talk in a second. He just started a new job as a highly, or I should say, semi-respected tour guide for water riders. waterriders.com, giving kayak tours down the uh, Chicago River in the beautiful city of Chicago. What a fine place to be. Uh, at the end of the tour, uh, how was the tippage for the first second? I, I would imagine that's how you make most of your money. Well, I don't know about most, but uh, on the first tour, uh, a guy slipped me a twenty on nice. the first tour, and nice. Charlie was like, "Charlie's like, you got a twenty on your first tour." He's like, "That's that's good sign." Mm-hmm. He's like, "That's a real good sign." So what like, cool. what percent of the people typically tip at the end of the tour? People who who get the normal price stuff uh-huh. uh, about fifty percent. Okay, and twenty is a good tip from people, um, and then uh, when it's you swoop. Those jokers, zero. They're the cheapest people in the world, and they complain, and they yell at you. <laughs> they bitch constantly. Uh-huh. And they, they paid like 15 bucks for the tour. Well, not, they paid a lot more than that. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, wow, you you paid the least amount for it, and you're yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big dog. I can, I can feel the anger rising already. Please. 
Maintain control. I would love you to well, have this. You know this. I do. You know I do. Coach. Yeah, stick. Well, no, that's the problem. Sometimes you don't, but I, I know you get frustrated, usually for a very good reason. But you are sort of like the Carlos Zambrano of kayak tours, or you <laughs> you could become that. <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? You paid fifteen dollars. You ain't tipping. You got a discount for the damn run. What are you complaining about? Just don't remember to don't call out your fellow tour guide. That's that's like an unwritten rule. Don't what? Don't call out your fellow tour guide. Oh, if they mess up? <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. If they, if they say it was like Marquette and Joliet, uh, you know, got here in, in 1742, I won't be like, no, 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 that was, that's the wrong year. By about 80. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the sport. I'm glad uh, glad the gig worked out. And I, I plan to be down there, by the way. Uh, waterriders.com. I'm spending more and more time in the city, Big Doe. Seriously. I'm, uh, as soon as the kids are out of the house, uh, the quiet suburbs. I'm done uh-huh. with it. I'm I'm city bound. Okay, how about uh, we we need to talk now because I'm in the city constantly, Coach. All right. And by the way, also yesterday, I went to my training to to become a part of become an umpire for a players sports group. Oh, outstanding! Okay. And, and I, I met a guy by the name of Joel Rothstein. He's okay. Like a, do you know him? Joel Rothstein. I do not. Okay, because so, yeah, he's basically the from what everybody was talking, he's like the umpire and referee guru. Of Northern mm-hmm. Illinois, I don't like. like I don't like him already. That's that's like the guy you guy you want to be like in with. Well, all mm-hmm. I know is this: is he had a training yesterday, and it was a training slash tryout, and not everybody was going to become an umpire. Mm-hmm. And he talks about well, you can. He tells us all the rules, but he's like, and you and without a doubt, you want to do the DePaul game. The, the, the DePaul game is the easiest one, so that's what. So I was like, all oh. right, cool. So who wants to go first? So I go first, and I like made it a point. Oh, I'll go first. He's like, all right, good. And so I had to call a game yesterday, Coach. Mm-hmm. Like I had to call an inning. Men's uh, softball or correct? Uh, it was men's 12-inch glove. Very nice. Slow pitch. But, I, but you're right. I will do all the different style games. Will mm-hmm. will happen. Okay. And uh, he's like, you know, I want a boisterous guy. I want, you know, all that. Right, cool. So right when I die, I'm like, oh! you know, yelling really <laughs> loud stuff. So when I walk off, he's like, you want to do to the Paul Field? I was the first one. He gave me to the Paul Field. I was uh-huh. like, yes, I'll be more than happy to take to the Paul Field. That's pretty cool, isn't it, Coach? You know the DePaul field, which you see from the L, and it's uh, the actual women's softball stadium? Oh, I was not aware of that. I know they play. So I was the first one, and I went up there, and he gave it to me. I was like, I was like seriously, you just grabbed the ball one. I was so, like, you better be I did not there. know they played uh, recreational softball on that beautiful softball field, the DePaul Blue Demon women's softball team, for those not aware, which would probably be about 93% of the sports fans out there, one of the top. 10 top 20 programs in the country. They got a beautiful field, but, uh. Yeah, and that field probably cost them a million dollars to build. Wouldn't you guess, coach, just because of where it is and how beautiful it is? Would you guess that? I would say, uh, yeah, probably at least. Okay, so if probably you think about a million, I don't think the DePaul women's softball team is bringing in a million bucks a year, so. No. They get an extra thousand dollars a week to host softball games. Mm-hmm. I think they should take it okay. in the summer when the girls aren't playing at it gotcha. anymore. I got you. Well, another part of that budget situation is the head coach of DePaul softball program is known named Eugene Lenti, and oh, the athletic director of the school, who decides where the money is spent. Her name is Jean Lenti. So you know that probably helps a little bit as well. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. Though. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't I mean, hurt. That- and typically, yeah, I was thinking, Coach, if I actually am going to get into a married relationship again, yes. I might as well just find a woman who is going to be the boss and just just deal with it. All right, just go ahead. Just, mm-hmm. I don't even want to think about anything like that anymore. I'll, yeah, just, I'll do. I'll, actually, I've yeah. considered that, Coach. Mm-hmm. Just, I can, uh, I can see you being in a. I think in my first marriage. 
Because <laughs> I'm like, no, that's stupid. For now, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Whatever. I'm just, whatever you will say, yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I've learned that lesson. Coach. I, I could see you in a domineering type relationship with a female as the dominant, uh, the dominant factor in the marriage. That, that might be the only way, quite frankly, that you could be in a long-lasting marriage. I think you're exactly 100 yeah. percent right, Coach. So yeah. she's going to have to be pretty special. Yes. So I mean, maybe that's what's going on there. You got the, you know, you got the AD, and you know, the coach. You know, mm-hmm. big powerful guy. He's the coach, but hey, when he goes home, he's still. Oh no, 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 no. They're not married. I think it's brother or sister. Oh, that's disgusting. Brother, sorry, coach, yes. on that street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother or sister relatives, but definitely, definitely not married. I umpired last night as well, but the two of us both out in the umpire and field. If you're an umpire out there, yeah. Officiate a little bit. You want to check in with a couple of hack officials like uh, myself and the Big Dog? Feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. We're going to some baseball breakdown, NBA Finals, NHL, Stanley Cup. we got to talk about that one as well, getting to that in the baseball draft. But, uh, yeah, I was umpiring out letter last night, Big Dog, a couple of Corex softball games. I would say, and I've seen some bad, some bad softball. I would say last night probably the worst softball that I've ever seen as far as People out there that signed up for a softball league that have no clue how to play the game. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I appreciate the fact company team, you come out there for fun. Some of them are probably doing it for the camaraderie, the team spirit. So I don't mean to get down on them, but I mean, it's like, my goodness, we do know the rules of baseball. Like, you know, you don't run when on a pop-up when there's zero or one outs. And uh, it was it, it was bad baseball, big dog. But, but I was outstanding behind the plate, if I must say so. Uh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you make sure everybody hears the count and the out and the, all that stuff? Yeah, I'm pretty loud. The yeah. key is, you, you know, you don't want to be too obtrusive, but, but absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I didn't know this. See, this is this is that's why I can't wait to. I, I think I'm probably going to learn a lot of stuff about baseball and softball just by umpiring. You know, but uh, I don't think I've learned anything about football doing the flag football stuff. I've learned nothing, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping I can learn something about baseball and softball by umpiring. Uh, question for you. See if Joel, see if Joel Rothstein would agree with this or not. This goes back to philosophy here, and we've talked about this before. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, whose hair continues to get grayer by the moment. By the way, a year and a half ago, Big Dog, David started with us. He was bright, fresh. The hair was basically dark with just a tint of gray. I just noticed this morning when he came in the studio, he's like 80% gray now, and I hold you primarily responsible for that. You, you know, Coach, he has a life. You know what I mean? And he has yeah. kids. Well, I, I feel have, bad I because... Would, I would have to say the kids are probably much more of the cause of his gray than me. I don't know. He had kids before we started the show, <laughs> and he was looking pretty good. The, the man has aged 10 years in the last year and a half, and I, I feel somewhat responsible. But I digress. The uh, the rule... Uh, 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 the, the final score was like 27-5, to 5, one team crushing the other team. It was probably like the second to last inning. It's 22-3, to 3, and the team that's leading is out in the field, and the team that's behind finally gets a runner to second base, a rare moment in time, and the runner, you know, is totally oblivious, and the pitcher tries a fancy pickoff move. Now, they're winning 22-3, to and they go to a set play fancy pickoff move at second base. The runner tried to get back. It was close enough. She was out, but I called her safe just because it was close enough to give a break to the team that was losing, and I thought it was a bad play to go. So... Is that a cool move to do? It's against the rule book, I know. Some hey, hey, letter of law, got to follow the rule book. How would Joel Rothstein feel about that call? Uh, he would have said uh, she was out. You should have called her out. That's one more yeah. out closer to getting the next team on the field. <laughs> it's all about keeping the games on time. Yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. That's what, right. But you're with me, right? You're with yeah. you. You're with me on that, right? 
I understand what you're saying, Coach. Come on, I, I twenty-two to three, and you're trying to pick I off. I don't know. I have to see it. I, I think I, you just can't tell me the situation. It's kind of hard. I would have to react. I know what you're saying. But, yeah. All right. Uh, how did you? How did you I, didn't know, how, I didn't know this. You're not supposed to yell fair. You yell foul, but you don't say fair. That's exactly correct. You point. Yeah, I did not know that. Yes, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's you, one of the that definitely. You want to learn that. You want to tell the captains beforehand too. That way, it's not confusing to the outfielders. Yes. So if they hear a voice, they know it's foul. If they don't hear anything, then it is a, a fair ball. I always umpire with the outfielders in mind because I played a little outfielder back in the day. And a lot of umpires, you have no clue what the count is. So I always, in addition to the verbal, more importantly, is you get that arm up there nice and high so the outfielders know it was a strike. And on a ball, you don't don't raise the arm at all. Yeah, I don't move. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so umpire as if the outfielders can know the count and stay in the game. Sounds good, Coach. I like that. Yeah, good. thank you very much. All right, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, I want to lead it off real quick. Don't want to spend a ton of time because not a ton of time people watch them, but uh, Boston Bruins, Vancouver Canucks, Stanley Cup Finals, Vancouver up 2-0. I didn't watch the game. I've watched some of the replays, though. Holy mackerel. 8-1 to Boston wins. Vicious hit early in the game. Nathan Horton for the Bruins is knocked out. They proceed to score four goals in the second period. And then a lot of pointing and shoving and punching and fighting. Did you watch the game or did you at least see the replays? So I got home uh, I got home late, but I did watch all the, the replays. And I saw the hit Tim Thomas, the goalie, yes. put on Henrik Sedin, who had the puck. He threw both of his forearms right into his <laughs> chest as he was about to yeah. shoot. And the, the puck floats away harmlessly, and Henrik Sedin's body bounces off the ice. Oh, that was, without question, one of the most memorable. That play will be played, especially if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, that will be a play that you will see five times a year. I'm not kidding you, Coach. That's how cool that hit was. It is, and that is a legal hit, correct? Absolutely. Can the he goal... had the puck. He huh? had the puck, and he... Nice and clean, nothing to the head. Threw a couple forearms in his chest and mm-hmm. knocked him right out of his back. <laughs> it was, oh, it, was I think it was ESPN's number five play of the day. Yeah, it, it deservedly so. Actually, I yeah. thought it should have been a little higher. Yeah. Because after that happened, uh, supposedly the Bruins just thoroughly. It was it was a game up to, until that point is what mm-hmm. I understood. And mm-hmm. then when that happened, Boston it was a deluge of Bruins. How about the hit on Nathan Horton? He got taken off the uh, ice in a stretcher, uh, reportedly doing okay. He's got movement in all his limbs. Very, very scary moment. Big Dog, you watched the replay, at least I think you did. Uh, yeah, kosher hit or not head, so kosher? I don't care if it's a, it, the rule is if you attack somebody's head purposely, you go head hunting when you're hitting, that you're suspended. I don't care if it's a Stanley Cup Finals. Like I said, I'm a stickler to the rules, Coach. That guy, you don't go head hunting in the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, play hockey. Okay, you so you're saying even if it was technically by the rule book a legal hit, it was a dirty no, hit. No, it wasn't. It was, he went to the head, Coach. Okay. They they they're all over. You can't have concussions. You can't have. You got to play hockey from the shoulders down. This guy threw a forearm right into the side of his head. By the way, this guy's name is uh, Aaron Rome, and he did get. Correct me if I'm wrong. A five minute major penalty. Yeah, he did get a five minute major. Right, if you were Commissioner uh, Gary Radwanski Bettman, uh, does an Aaron Rome sit the next game, or do you think he'll be back on ice? Okay, so what does he do? Does he sit down five games at the beginning of next season, or does he sit down one game in the Stanley Cup final? What do you think? He plays for Ohio State? 
That's that's a tough question, isn't it? Yeah. What are they going to do? One game in the finals or five games next year? No, no, no. If you're gonna if you're gonna if he's gonna sit, he sits right now. Okay, there you go. He gets the one game. Yeah. Now. Okay. Okay. I can live with that. Unfortunately, Nathan Horton, we hope, will be okay. We'll see if we can get back playing. Uh, what else we got on the docket here? And Boston did win the game, by the way, 8-1. to So Vancouver's up 2-1, to one, and I think it'll be worth watching from here on in because to put it mildly, Big Dog, no love lost between these two teams. I mean, it's getting chippy and then some. So it's, uh, if, are you wondering, is it a series? Well, uh, yes, the Vancouver has a 2-1 lead, but they've been outscored by six goals. Mm-hmm. Or, no, they've been outscored by five goals so far. That, that's... I think it is going to go seven. I really hope it does, too, Coach. I really hope it does. Yeah, it's going to get – I haven't watched much of it, but I will start tuning in definitely. Heads to a game five, game six, game seven. I watch more and more. Uh, item number two on the docket, Big Doll, the University of Southern California Trojans, courtesy of the Reggie Bush. Uh, incidents which have proved illegal at the collegiate level have been stripped of their national title by the BCS. I don't know how much significance that has. But uh, it's right out there for you. USC loses its national championship. And, oh, yeah, the 2004 national championship. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, kind of get what you ask for, don't you? You start. Uh, yeah. I mean, now, it's pretty sad. It's pretty sad that uh, Reggie Bush causes this because it was. I'm sure there was other stuff going on. I'm sure there were players on the take through mm-hmm. agents and all that. But if it wasn't the school, if it's not the school, why should the school be punished, coach? If it's just the players and agents. I don't see why the institution, the school, I should agree. lose it. I, particularly the people that are there now, of which 80% weren't there back then. I completely agree with that. Penalize Reggie Bush, penalize the people that were involved with that. But really, when you look at it, Big Dog, it didn't affect what was on the field. So for an Auburn or for an Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma is the team that lost that game. Auburn finished number two in the country. To uh, to, to put any pleasure in the fact that, oh, yeah, oh, well, we're the national champs. Now, well, really... Uh, you know, what he did was off the field. It did not affect the game. They didn't cheat the game in any way. It was athletes versus athletes, and USC did win the game, and then they won about 12 of them that year to win the national championship. Yeah, I mean, if it was, like, illegal recruiting or the school boosters were playing the players, mm-hmm. it would be a lot different. You're talking about people have nothing to do with the the football program whatsoever trying to get these kids to become uh, their clients and they're giving them money, that's totally different than having a kid being or a, a booster being like, hey, here's $100,000. Yep. Why don't you play football at USC? Mm-hmm. If that was going on, that's completely different of why it, uh, schools should get stripped of a, of a national title. How much now, trouble? We don't, we don't know. Maybe they knew all this stuff was going on and turned a blind eye to it. Then then it's, that's a yes. different issue altogether. I, I think it's a, it's a little severe because you, you got to start looking at why, who is actually paying these players? Why should why should the the left guard on that team who worked his butt off for four years and yep. has no chance, national championship ring be affected by when all he did was mm-hmm. put a class and and all you know what I mean all that other crap? Yeah, I completely agree with you. We know Reggie Bush lost his Heisman Trophy because of it. That's now enough. the people that, that gave enough. him, huh? That was enough, Coach. Okay. Know, that was that was enough for the program. That should have been this. You know what? We had a guy on our school in, in our school that. Won the Heisman Trophy, but he broke all the rules. And so this is we just want to let you know, he came to USC on his own volition, but while he was here, he messed up, so he's going to be at the black mark on the on – the, but instead, mm-hmm. you lose the national championship because of it? It's uh, – Penalize the individual, not the team. How about the guys that gave Reggie Bush the money? Have they been penalized? Have they been um... – 
given a severe fine or possibly even jail time? I haven't read about that aspect. Those guys, I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with those guys, Coach, but they gave okay. over a quarter million dollars worth of stuff in terms of paying for Reggie Bush's mom's apartment mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. The fact that Reggie Bush didn't sign with his guys really shows he's a scumbag, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's another issue. So, <laughs> I mean... These guys set up the whole family, okay? Like, I was bailing people out of jail and all this stuff, and right when it comes out, he it's signs with somebody else. So I don't blame these guys for turning, saying, hey, we paid we paid Reggie Bush. Also, Reggie Bush got what he deserved. They're 100%. the ones that turned him in. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. It oh, was yeah, that's a, that's, interesting. It, it was like, hey, we spent over a quarter million dollars on this guy while he was in, in, in college, and he was supposed to sign with us, and he didn't. So we're throwing him under the bus. <laughs> I, I don't blame them. I don't blame those guys. They were they were like brand new agents, and they their whole entire life savings they put in a. Mm-hmm. They, they they were basic. Well, you know what? That's what you get. You know what I mean? Yep. You if you're gonna do dirty stuff like that, expect mm-hmm. to get real dirty. Mm-hmm. When you when you play underground, when you when you dig or risk into those depths, uh, you got that risk reward factor. And a lot of times, the people you're dealing with are gonna uh, let you down. In fact, probably more often than not, and that seems to be the case in that situation. Meanwhile, Reggie Bush is making plenty of money at the professional level and doing just very fine. Thank you very much. Rest of the USC team has to, uh, get the penalty. Right? Last year, they were not able to play at a bowl game. They were not able to play on TV. They do need to change the rules somehow where the, the, uh, People that are involved directly, those are the ones that need to suffer more. Yeah, isn't that ridiculous? Reggie Bush has like had a that year in, in the '05 draft or the '06 draft, with, which Reggie Bush went in, mm-hmm. made at least thirty-five million dollars on his contract. Okay, now now we're talking about the 2010 USC Trojan team. Absolutely had nothing to do with Reggie Bush. These kids can't go to a bowl game because of it. They yeah. go to school, they sign a contract, and then you know what? You can, I can't play in a bowl game. Mm-hmm. We can't be on TV, but twice all season. We can't have a certain amount of practices. Mm-hmm. I can't get better at my craft. Yeah. I came here to be to become a professional football player. Now I, I can only go to a certain amount of practices. You know how it's, it's so it's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's you. I mean, you summed it up in a nutshell. Just those two facts. Just those two facts right there. You just need to take your statement right there, put it on paper, put it verbally, and send it to the uh, college. Athletic people, you can cut through all the muck and the mire. Exactly what you said is the very gist of the wrong there. They need to find a way. I'm not saying it's an easy solution, but you need to find a way. That's absolutely, uh, it's wrong. It's as simple as you can put it. Something's wrong with that. All right, let's move on, Big Dog, real quick. Again, we're going to uh, finish it up with a little baseball talk and getting some news and no titillating tidbits out there. Let's mention real quick that the uh, World, not the World Cup, but the CONCACAF Cup, the uh-huh. Gold Cup, CONCACAF Sorry. The CONCACAF Cup starts tonight for the United States. They take on Canada. I don't know if you watched their game against Spain on Sunday. I was all excited to watch it. USA national team against Spain. They were down 3 nothing at half, being completely dominated. The question I ask you, Joel Radwanski, is can they bounce back tonight in the CONCACAF opener against Canada? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they can because <laughs> let's not forget. Now, is the CONCACAF every four years? I don't think so. It might be every two years. Okay, because I really, it doesn't seem that long ago when the last time they played the CONCACAF Cup, yeah, no, they it's... beat Spain, and and it was in the final. So mm-hmm. that's why Spain was out to prove a point. Let's let's face it, that the Spain is is a better team than the United States is oh, uh, clearly. on the pitch. Clearly, their ball yeah. control is just ridiculous. So, you know, if you pull off an upset against them, you, you kind of like wake to sleep in giant. But mm-hmm. I'll be more than happy to 
wake the sleeping giant in championship games as opposed to friendlies. You know what I mean? Let them kick the crap out of the yeah. U.S. team in the yeah. friendlies. And we were sitting, to be fair, we were sitting Landon Donovan, the coach's kid, Bradley, who I thought was the best player in the World Cup. They sat three or four of their top players to rest them up for Canada. I guess my final question to you is, do they actually play soccer in Canada, or is this like a, a fake team or something? You know, I, Canada? No, it's, soccer? It's coaches, coach, you go to, and I'm not kidding you, you go to French-speaking southeastern Canada, uh-huh. like the stuff bordering uh, like uh, New York and, you know, like that area of the okay. country. Okay, there's a lot of, like, refugees from Africa. Ah. And especially the French-speaking Okay. Areas. I will guarantee there are at least three guys of African descent on the team that you. run okay. like the wind. There you go. There you go. That, that's becoming true with a lot of countries, too, is you look at their national team, and they're not exactly all native national, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the, the Polish team from a few years ago was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> it, it looked so bad because, like, nine guys were from Africa. <laughs> so after that, that was, there was only, like, one. I think they were like, we can't do this. This uh-huh. looks bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe the South African team will pick up a guy named like you know Polinsky or something like that, just to make things even. <laughs> All right, so we got the Concacaf Cup going on. We also have uh, one of football's top wide receivers a couple of years ago, Plaxico Burris. He served his jail time. Big dog, he's out of prison. I can't remember if it was on the morning break radio show or when we started this uh, fine two guys at a mic show about a year and a half ago. But we both kind of agreed, I think, that the Prison sentence for Plaxico Burris, and I'm not a Plaxico Burris fan, and I don't support what he did, but was way, way too severe for what he did. It was, um, he was made out of an example of by the mayor of New York. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a joke. I can't, can't, 20 months, he shot himself, and he has to spend, he loses a $5 million a year job. Yep. Totally embarrassed publicly. How many, People would shoot themselves all of a sudden are on the news every day about it. Yeah. Walked into a bar and he had a gun, was it strapped to his leg or in his pocket? It was like, yeah, it was not, like doesn't in really his, matter. In his, yeah, it was yeah. in his pocket. So not, not a good thing. And I'm not saying it shouldn't, if he's caught, you know, even some penalty there, but 20 months in jail? He wasn't planning on shooting anybody. He didn't take the gun out to shoot anybody. It accidentally went off. And as far as I know, Big Dog, they never showed that he was there for any reasons that could potentially be dangerous. He brought the gun, you know, because he was well, planning on... A, a bunch of pro football players and athletes in New York had been being uh, robbed. Yeah. They, they were being robbed. And so, that's, that's no joke, Coach. Like, like, But these idiots go out with ten grand. I mean, that's that's another issue. Hey, we're going to go to the club yeah. and make it rain. Right. So, the, so all of a sudden they become targets. Oh, that's the idiot that drops five thousand yeah. bucks at the strip club. Yeah, and then they're, they get, they're getting robbed and they don't know why. Because you wear a ten thousand dollar ring, you got a, a you know a fifty thousand dollar watch, and you got ten grand on you, and you just want money around. They wonder why they get shot at. Yeah, not so, smart, so, no question about it. But you shouldn't get twenty months in jail for being not smart. No, no, no. Twenty months in jail. I, I I really don't have a problem with guns, Coach. But like, but issues like this. Now, here's the thing: if he did not shoot himself, okay, somehow just to say the bullet went off, okay, and and you know, oh, you got a gun on you, I can see serving 20 months in jail. But the fact that he shot himself, that has to count for some of the sentence, doesn't it? <laughs> I Isn't would think like, so. You kind of like scratch your head. You know, that would be the it's the longest sentence that he. The New York and New Jersey have the like the most stringent yeah. gun laws in America outside the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And by the way, these are some of the most violent uh, 
crime ridden and uh, gun. I mean, gun accident related accident. Mm-hmm. Crime. Yeah. I don't know, Chicago has the most gun death in the country every single year. Mm-hmm. So. Just had a high school basketball player get killed uh, yesterday. Unbelievable. Yeah. That story just almost puked when I was coming yeah. home from the, on the yeah. train that it's night just, and read that. It's one of, you know, this guy happened to be a high school basketball player. We hear about him, but it happens way, way too often, big dog. You know, mm-hmm. out a little bit too late for a high school kid, but that's beyond the point. And, uh, you know, he was not even the intended target. Stray bullet. Eighteen-year-old kid, seventeen-year-old kid, great kid, and his life is over. It happens way, way too often. It's sickening. It is, coach. Sickening. Uh, now you mentioned two things. I gotta get off the sports page real quick here. I know we got a lot to get to here, but you mentioned two things: one mayor of New York and the other, uh, the the crime in New York and Chicago. I got to mention real quick in the city of Chicago, big dog. There is a growing problem, and I guess they're calling it the flash mob. You've seen yeah. the, you know, how people text and they get together for a flash dance or whatever. Those spur of the moment dances or songs are at a shopping yeah, center or something like that. And, okay. Well, now you got some uh, young kids that apparently got too much time on their hand and they're just uh, looking to cause some trouble when they're connecting via Facebook and via text. They're gathering in a certain location and basically beating innocent people up, stealing their wallets and their iPods, big dog, uh, basically just for the fun of it. Do you see that as a growing? Is this something that we're going to have to deal with, or do you think just a spur of the moment problem? No, I, I do think. Yeah, think about it. You get uh, you get a group of people. You organize. You go out to a park. You got like twenty five of you. Mm-hmm. Find the right mark. Somebody does via Twitter. I'm right here. Blah blah blah. Next, you know, all twenty people just converge and some dumb on yep. dude that's having a picnic with yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah, it was right. It you know wasn't. I mean? It wasn't like it was late at night in an alley. These no, were like I'm really worried about this stuff, Coach. Extremely worried about it. Okay, and you're not being sarcastic. You are. No, worried. not at all. Yeah, not at all. And I, you know what? And I hate to even uh, encourage this, but but I, I predict that it's going to move out of the city and we'll head to the beautiful, serene suburbs in the not too distant future. Oh, as soon as it happens in Hinsdale, something will be done about it. Why? By you? No, I'm just I'm just saying. I was going to say people I, live I, in Hinsdale. They're a little hooty tooty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't know the Hinsdale Police Department had that much authority, but all right. So you do think this will be a growing problem, and then oh. dare I say it's going to move? You know, people read about it in Chicago. It's going to become a problem in other cities, I would imagine. Coach, I, I know you probably haven't even checked it yet, but the Drudge Report has been talking about this for like a year. How about how many? How and every month there's like it used to be like, wow, did you hear what happened? Uh, people using Twitter ended up robbing somebody, mm-hmm. and then next thing you know, it's. Now it's like every single day there's a story on where basically people using social media figure out a way, yep. like uh, like go into a, a store and take everything out of it. Like 20 kids all at the same time run into a convenience store, take as much out of it as possible, and run out. One of the day you're going to do that to some uh, you know some guy named Akana Ahmed, and yep. he's going to have a, a AK-47 and start blasting people. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's it's sad. Very, very sad that people have to do that. My mentality via electronic. Yeah. As if our, our fine uh, officers of this country, our fine policemen, didn't have enough things to worry about that. Now they got to add that to the list as well. Oh, by the way, can I speak about uh, fine police officers, if you don't mind, Coach? Uh, absolutely. We always like to. Uh, we're, we're very popular with the uh, police department in the city of Chicago, Big. We're. we're we're big with officers uh, across the country, no question. Okay, so to, uh, 
so to all good police officers around the world, I, I want to tell you this horrible story about what's going on with a dear friend of mine in the Philippines right now. Her sister was recently arrested. Just cops came up to her on the street, grabbed her, pulled her off the street, put her in jail, and have charged her with, uh, like, drug possession, distribution, all this other stuff, Coach. And all of it is just made up. And it just so happens that, the, like, the, the people who are running the police in that area of the, of the Philippines, okay, about six years back, this guy was, like, one of the big gang leaders in the area mm-hmm. and shot up her brother. Seven bullet wounds. Boom, boom, boom. And the guy lived. With him and like five other guys. Mm-hmm. These guys are now the police officers in the in the area, and it didn't. He didn't. They they tried to kill his brother, her brother, like like five six years ago. So now they're trying to get uh, their sister. Her she's trying to get her sister out of out of jail. Mm-hmm. Okay, and basically the judge they're doing this. The judge is doing it. You have to give us a certain amount of money, and, and we'll let her out. The, wow. So that, so the corruption goes from the police are just like okay, oh that's the little sister of. Mm-hmm. The guy that we couldn't kill so many years ago. Let's now let's like so now they're and who knows what they're doing to her in prison. Wow, unbelievable. Like when I have people are like I got problems. Well, you should deal with what my girl's doing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You could imagine how the brother who got shot seven times has to feel that frustration, that anger, and probably the uh, the ultimate frustration and the inability to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Supposedly he was like a real tough guy. Uh huh. Kind of you know. Well, and then after that happened, he. He, he yeah. still has one of the bullets inside of him, and supposedly yeah. he's totally changed and he's like become like a really good guy and a good yeah. person ever since. Being, then. being you know, shot so. at seven times sometimes will do that to you. It has a way of changing you. That's he it. got up. No one would help him, Coach, while he was laying on the ground. Uh-huh. So he gets into a fight with a bunch of you know a bunch of, uh, of the local idiots in the street. You know whatever. They pull out guns after after he had beaten up a couple of them. They came after him with bats. He beat these guys up. So they leave. They come back with guns. And they they shoot him, and he got hit seven times. Everybody leaves. And this is in the middle of the day, people walking by. Nobody helps him. He's laying there. So he gets up, walks to a cab, falls into the cab, and says, take me to the hospital. They take him to the hospital, and they, and, uh, they were able to get six of the seven bullets out of the one because it would tear his stomach up. Wow. So, uh, I mean, this, this is, she's telling me these stories. I'm just like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. I thought I had some interesting. Yeah. Maybe if any of our officers here in the city of Chicago or nationwide are listening to that story, maybe it makes their difficulties just a little bit easier realizing what it uh, might be like trying to police, trying to be an honest policeman in the fine streets of uh, the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, not good, Coach. And if you think about it, you know, like if corruption happens here in the city, oh, yeah, you pay a cop off, okay, they let you go. All right. It usually doesn't happen where... The, ju- the 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 police bring you to the judge, and the, the judge is the one who places you, and then the judge distributes the money. I mean, really, Coach? I mean, it's that corrupt that the whole thing is corrupt. That sounds like a, a pretty one-sided situation, Big Doug. Yeah. And, oof, and that's a friend of yours living here now is telling you the story, yeah. huh? Yes, wow. and dealing with it. I've been getting a yeah. lot of uh, like feedback. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Coach. Well, I imagine it's frustrating for her being over here, realizing her sister is in such such dire straits. Tough, tough situation. Hey, the other uh, story you had mentioned, Big Dog, you threw out there, mayor of New York. I forgot who we were even talking about, but a guy that legitimately had a shot at being the mayor of New York is in a little bit of controversy. Our latest politician to get in trouble a little bit. Arnold Schwarzenegger is thanking Anthony Weiner very, very much. Have you followed this story as uh, – 
Yeah. Representative Weiner came before the cameras yesterday and basically admitted all. This guy, he just seems, he's creepy. He's always, you know, I've always, he's on Fox a lot. Yeah. Sharp guy. I, but very, I very sharp. thought he was creepy. And I'm not just post, like after saying it, I never could embrace the guy at all because I always, I always felt like he was a slime ball. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why I felt that way. And I'm not saying he is a slime ball, but it, it's funny when all this stuff's coming out. Those, I, I did not see the picture with him with the cats. Have you seen that one yet? Of him with the cats? Yeah. No. Okay. I'm kind of glad I have it. <laughs> kind of glad I have it. Drudge Report. You have got to start reading the Drudge Report, Coach. It's, I mean, yeah, if, 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 all I have to do is just read a couple articles, and every day I get about 20 minutes worth of the Drudge Report. It's basically The what report? The, the Dread? Drudge Report. Drudge Report. Okay. I've been telling you to read this. It's basically all the best news stories in the world. They have, like, 500 people reading articles constantly. What is and it? as soon as they find a good one, like funny, really good, and they get it out there. So basically what happens is um, I, I, they're, they're like a week ahead of every other news source. Dude. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. They know like right away if something is big, and they get it right out there. If that went on the Drudge Report today, is there any chance the uh, Cubs losing streak will be broken? As long as they're a week ahead, I'd like to know. You could link yourself to that information, no problem, okay. Drudge Report. Yeah, I don't like to link myself, not in the company of others anyway. But basically... Yeah, I make the same comment with this guy, Anthony Weiner, who I've listened to and had a different feeling than you. I actually thought he was an up-and-comer in politics, very, very sharp guy. My political and social beliefs are very much in line with his, at least the little bit I've heard from him. But I make the same comment as I made with you know with John Edwards and, and even in Arno Schwarzenegger and some of these other, but what, and he, you know, we all have our faults, and obviously the guy's got a little bit of sickness. But my question is, in his downtime, Big Dog, when he's sitting at the, the desk, maybe right before going to sleep, maybe waking up in the morning, cup of coffee, wherever it is, and he's think he has to think I, of, of, of what he's doing. And the guy's a smart guy, he's a sharp guy, just like John Edwards. Do, do they, in their mind, think that they're not going to get caught? Are they secretly hoping to get caught? What are, the, what are their thoughts? during their logical downtime by themselves. He, uh, the guy's a moron, Coach. You gotta, he sent a picture of him no. shirtless with two cats on his lap, and it says me and my two, and then guess what it said after that. Right. Okay, Come on. He sent out all these pictures of himself shirtless. You know what I mean? And, like, no. when, and, and sexy stuff said to him. We I, we all agree it's it's, it's it's silly it's ridiculous and it's definitely a sickness I think he admitted to as much but but I'm what I'm trying to get to dog is and what fascinates me is the thought process in their minds not during the time of the the drug so to speak but during the the downtime away from it do they think about it and if they do think about it what is their thought process that do do they realize that they're going to get caught? Do they secretly hope they're getting, or are they? Do they really feel that they're going to get away with it? Because they're sharp guys, uh, and I they, think they think they're going to get away with it. They do. Now that see that amazes me. Because like this, one of the girls made a comment, like a, a nice comment about something he had said on mm-hmm. via Facebook. So he befriended her on that. Okay, so, and, and she said that within like five comments of each other, she, he turned the the subject to sex. Mm-hmm. And they, he sent over a thousand messages, and every single one, like she'd be like, "Well, I really like what you did, Bella," and she'd be like, "Yeah, well, if you like that, what would you like if I did this to you?" Uh-huh. You know, so 
So you're telling me that Anthony Weiner, very sharp, very intelligent guy, in his downtime, away from his texting and Facebooking and his disease, if you want to call it that, away from that time, that he yeah, thinks time that, did he have? He was sending thousands of messages to these. I women. understand that, but 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 he's <laughs> yeah, thinking about what he's doing, and he thinks that he's not going to get caught. Yeah, see, see, I find that well, hard to unless, believe. Unless he, then he wants to get caught. Wow! Well, ah, now we're heading into a different road. So does he want to get caught? Well, I don't know. I, that's the part I'm fascinated about. It's just because it's maybe just, he's sick of politics, and his only way to get out is to mm-hmm. sabotage his own career. Yeah, there, there, people. There are psychologists, political psychologists, or psychologists that have suggested to people in that level of fame that that's a little bit behind what they're doing. It's so what's it called? Self. Not deprivation. Yeah, yeah, where you're going to knock yourself down. But it's uh, I, I find it fascinating. It's just because they, they have to know in this day and age, with all the media out there, all the technology, that they're not going to get away with it. I mean, they're smart guys. They're sharp guys. Huh? You would think they were sharp, Coach, but yet over and over again. And, I mean, I mean, it, this isn't like, oh, he sent a couple pictures. You know right. what I mean? He made a mistake. Right. We're talking... Thousands yeah. of pictures. It was not a spur of the moment, one time loss of uh, control. Yeah, exactly. No, no. This is uh, a pattern of yep. behavior for years. Okay, and you know what? And that's what I'm saying. I believe him if he said he never had sexual. Yeah, I do too. Outside, I do too. Compared. I do too. Yeah, David Olson. I'm not saying he didn't, but it's just because he was mm-hmm. messaging women doesn't mean yep. he was. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Dave. Well, I mean, how he ended up getting uh, getting officially caught was like it was twofold. Number one is that he accidentally tweeted one of the pictures instead of direct messaging it. Yeah, I know you can. I got to be really careful because I can accidentally upload stuff to Facebook that would be. I can, you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. It's, and a, and it's, know, it's very easy to do that. And then one of the women that he was sending these pictures to sold them. She well, sold. She sold the pictures. You got to like, expect that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like. Yeah. Once again, you're you're not thinking if you're doing that. You're you're just not thinking. And uh, and the one who stole them was like it was said basically. You know what? He continued to turn the the conversation to sex when I didn't want it that way. So I mm-hmm. really was not happy with that. Well, you know. Then and then 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 I don't know if she's been paid off because the second comment after that was he's a really good guy and I like him. I think he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. The well, first comment was mm-hmm. like I, I had no problem doing it. He was creepy. The second mm-hmm. comment is he's all right. Yeah, that's a sad thing. He is a good guy. And John Edwards, you know, 88% of John Edwards, he's a good guy, too. Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, he's a good guy for the most part, but they all have these uh, these failings and these weaknesses. It's, uh, if you marry Arnold Schwarzenegger, I said when she married Arnold Schwarzenegger, what did she think she was getting involved in? The guy was legendary, Coach. You don't just stop. You don't just, okay, I'm not going to be with another woman anymore, even though I was with 10 a week for the mm-hmm. last 30 years. <laughs> Uh, it can happen, Big Doug. It can happen. Oh goodness, who will be next? That's my question. It's not not if, but it's who will be next. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah. people have sex, coach, and uh, the whole our whole entire. You can go back <coughs> every if you go back in history, you will find out like when some king did this or what. You find out that it was because of sex in the background. That was the, that was the reason why everything had happened. Mm-hmm. All the scandals, reason why someone was queen, somebody one queen was killed. Pretty funny. That'd be a lesson to all the young kids out there, huh? Yeah, the the sex scandals have been going around since Sumeria is what I'm saying, Coach. Absolutely. Speaking of which, uh, young kids are uh, 
listening to the show, Big Dog. I do this each and every year. I remind you a couple times now, as the summer comes to a close, kids are out of school listening to the show now. So I do, over the next two and a half months, Big Dog, I uh, I don't want you to change your uh, vintage tone, but please keep in mind the appropriateness of your comments now that the youth of America are listening to your comments. Uh, I love the youths. <laughs> All right, Big Dog, let's talk real quick. Baseball Cubs lose 8-2 to two yesterday. I'm going to talk the baseball draft also because I know you're a longtime baseball draft guy. I don't know who the Cubs got yesterday. They got Javier Baez. His nickname is Latin Heat. 18, oh. 18-year-old shortstop from um, Arlington County Day School in Jacksonville, a high school kid who is a tremendous hitter, does not have a true position, but he has a true temper. Cool. Yep. Cool. Hopefully, uh, he could play uh, third base for the Cubs in about three years. That might be the guy. Javier Maybe Baez. Center field. Yeah, he, he might. Have to well, no, we got Brett Jackson in center field. We'll he go might. Field for this I'm season. not convinced on the Starlin, Starlin Castro at shortstop. It's way too much of an adventure right now. I'm convinced Starlin Castro needs to be out there. I'm just not sure shortstop is the spot. Oh, so we put Castro at third. We uh, put Latin Heat yeah. at. Second, you mean, know what? Short, Darwin Barney at second. I'm sort of thinking that because Castro, when he has too much time to think, he starts to get too creative. Maybe at third base he can just, you know, use his instincts. Yeah. It's a quicker reaction position. But right now, I feel like I'm watching a high school game. When I, when I, a ground ball in a high school game, you know, you're expecting it to be played, but there's always the sense of adventure. And that's the way it is right now with Starlin Castro. And at the major league level, Big Doug, that's not a good thing. No, no, and especially that position. Yep. I mean, you. That, to be honest with you, I don't think you can get, with a, get by with a weak defensive player at all on, on your field if you're not a, like a great team around him. But mm-hmm. you can't, at shortstop, you can't have you can't even have an average defensive player at shortstop in nowadays baseball and expect to win, coach, because no. everybody has a really good one, doesn't it seem yeah. like it? And they'll find that weakness too. Good major league teams will, will find a way to uh, get that bad defensive player in play. Hey, the big story yesterday was the whole blow up of Carlos Zambrano. Our fellow media brethren, Big Dog, fell in the trap. You know, David Howell of the Chicago Tribune never plays Zambrano again. He should never play for the Cubs again. And there are, there are people that think the Cubs are going too soft on it. I happen to think Mike Quade, Handled it perfectly. Did not listen to the media uh, feature creatures. Downplayed the whole thing. Brought Zambrano in yesterday. Talked to him. Hey, you need to go talk to Marmau and apologize. Downplayed the whole thing. Let's go out and try to beat the Cincinnati Reds. I love. I know they're in a seven-game losing streak right now, and he's not the most popular guy in town. Love the way Mike Quad handled that whole situation. Yeah, it's good. Uh the Cubs are fine at, at the manager position. If anybody's yep. complaining about Mike Quaddy's the job they're doing, look at the roster. Okay, the roster, I told you coming in this year, Coach, it could get ugly. It could get real ugly, and I'm afraid it's going to, and it has nothing to do with Mike Quaddy. Okay, Billy Martin, Earl Weaver. Can you imagine if, can you imagine if Billy Martin was the manager of this team, Coach? No. Oh. Somebody would be put through a wall by now. Darlin <laughs> Castro... I mean, and by the way, and if, if Carlos Zambrano would have said that he would, Billy Martin would have been mad about throwing Carlos Marmol under the bus. Everything else he would have said would have been like, yeah, he's exactly right. It's about Marmol. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not too. I'm going to have fun with the season. I'm gonna, I, I've thought about it the whole year. I told you beforehand going in, I was not going to get upset when they lose. So you know, like when I see Starlin Castro have a ball bounce off his chest, that was a routine play. I I just laugh and say, hopefully that's two ground balls he'll catch in the future. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm uh, from a slightly different angle. I'm with you though. I'm not I'm not jumping board on the Chicago Cubs this year's Cubs team. There's a certain 
little bit of likability about him. I know people are predicting 95, 100 losses. I think they'll come back and play decent baseball. But They uh, won't lose 100 games. They will not lose yeah. 100 games because well, the, 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 the rotation is going to get healthy, and all you got to do is win four out of ten games, and you'll win, you won't lose 100 games. So mm-hmm. they'll be all right, Coach. Mm-hmm. By the way, one guy I said uh, at the beginning of the year, nobody talks about him. I said he's going to be one of the keys to the team, and that is their catcher, Giovanni Soto. I said Soto needs to hit. You get the catcher hitting the ball and driving in runs for the Cubs can make a big difference. Nobody talks about him. He's having another off offensive year, Big Doe. We need Mr. Giovanni Soto to start slugging the ball. Uh, well, yeah, the Cubs need him. It's, it's too bad that the, the Cubs have to have their catcher hit. You know, most other teams have enough talent in their lineup. Mm-hmm. The catcher, all they have to do is receive the ball and, and be adequate behind the plate. But, but you're exactly right, Coach. The Cubs are lacking so much pop. Yep. They need Soto to hit. And, and, it's been uh, a season and a half now. He hasn't. Well, no, no, no. Last year he had a pretty decent season. It when? Was, it, was, it was 09 that he had the real bad year. Remember, Coach? He had like 218 with like six homers. Okay. Last year he had a nice bounce back year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, I'm not giving up on him for the season, but I, I do think Giovanni Soto is one of those guys where he he should be batting seventh or eighth, okay, not fourth like he has been. That's when fine. He fourth bat, for the Cubs. Bat seventh or eighth, but hit 280 and drive in some runs. All right, dog, we got to wrap it up. We'll do it again at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Any tours today for the big dog? No, uh, today will be me relaxing and chilling because I got a lot of work to do the rest of the week. Beautiful. All right, make sure I you catch the uh, whack weeds today. Oh no. College Baseball World Series, College Softball World Series. Enjoy the couch potato action. Heck yeah, guys. All right, big dog. Thanks for listening out there, everybody. We will be back again at 10 o'clock tomorrow against popular demand. But, you know, that's what we do here. TalkZone.com. Two guys at the mic. We thank you so much for listening. Tune in tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. And have a great day, everybody.